This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Ryan Horvath, Nick Ashew tonight. Uh, you know, Ryan, the more I think about it, we kind of just stumbled on it at the end of the segment. 30-1 to 1 right now, Anthony Edwards to win MVP. The Timberwolves have the best record in the NBA, and you're still getting him at 30-1. to 1. That's sustainable. The, that's the thing. You got to bet that it's sustainable or hope that it's sustainable. But at 30-1, to 1, Anthony Edwards has been talked about as an MVP for the, like future MVP for the last couple of years. Oh yeah. So I mean, it hasn't moved yet. I'm I'm looking at it thirty to one at BetMGM for the which, best player on the best team, man. Which means they're going to move it. Is you know how this goes? They change it quickly. How many times have we watched the odds change quick. in front of us when we talk about it? And we know we know your tricks. Yeah, I'm looking at you guys at BetMGM. I'm looking right at you. Most improved player last year. They moved the odds literally during a segment. And I like that team. I mean, I liked them last year. I was wrong on them last year, but uh, they figured some stuff out this year. And Gobert looks like that was the right yeah. move to make. I didn't hate the trade, but then no, I, I felt it, stupid but, yeah. not hating it when they looked horrible together last year. But then you realize they didn't get to play a lot. And now it seems like it's maybe working. Minnesota's talented. It's just keeping that thing together and, you know. Regular season matters more to them than it maybe would the Nuggets. And that's and that's a good thing because obviously yep. MVP a regular yep. season award. And we don't need him to be Finals MVP. Exactly. That's that's the difference. All right. One. Pete Medhurst is the voice of Navy football, also Nats and Ravens radio network. And one thing that people don't know about Pete is he knows everything about every sport, including Canadian football. So Ryan, if you want to ask him anything about the CFL, he can get you on that too if you want. Uh, but let, let's start with this game coming up on Saturday here. Last year, first ever overtime game. I was out in Annapolis watching that game. People are going crazy. And the game actually went over. It just feels like every year you kind of look at this game, Pete, and go, well, you still got to take the under. You still got to take the under. What do you expect from this game coming up the t- uh totals 27 and a half and navy's a two and a half point dog in this i mean it took overtime for it to go over last year let's get that out of the way because yeah. regulation it did go uh under i mean look service academy unders have almost been automatic almost like iowa minnesota games uh throughout the course of history i i, I don't see any kind of a pattern where you know if you want to play the over Go ahead. I mean, is 20 to 17 possible? I think that's really the apex of it. Um, I, I don't see either team, uh, you know, based on what they've done, certainly what they've shown here recently, I don't see this thing getting above, you know, 35 or, or 37 points. I think the one thing, too, that helps here, it's, I mean, I'd. I, that was a big ball story. This is an unbelievable less mistress, more side piece. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the wizard.
every single Saturday this college football season from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. Outright, or even just cover the two and a half, and I'm hoping we get back to three. I don't know if we get there, though. What do they have to do? I mean, it's easy to say they have to run the ball, play mistake-free football, but what would be the key to the game for Navy to win outright or keep this one close, in your opinion? We have guys that can get explosive plays, and those guys have to get expo an explosive player, too. I really believe that's the case. Eli Heidenreich, Alex Teska uh, at the running back position, both very capable. Xavier Arline at the quarterback spot. Both guys can go 60 in the blink of an eye. The Mids are going to need plays like that, I think, in this game. Uh, if if they're a, if they're going to win, but b, uh, I, I think if you're, you know, you're going to score a couple of touchdowns in this game, those are going to be uh, how they have to come. Heidenreich also incredibly effective uh, in the air game as well as a receiver. He's made several big plays through the course of this season uh, for the Mids. So, you know, it, it almost reminds me of when Navy was in that long, you know, streak that you mentioned. The Mids had what I thought was a speed advantage through those years. They were just faster all over the field. Now, Jeff Munkin coming to Army has, has helped close the gap talent-wise. They've been much more competitive. As you mentioned, they've won four of, of six in that time. But I think, I think this is one year, though, where Navy now has reacquired some of that speed that maybe had been deficient uh, in their lineup the last couple of years. And I think it can really... Uh, you know, as long as they don't turn the football over, I think that speed can really be effective, um, you know, for some explosive plays coming up on Saturday. Obviously, this is always the tradition. You get a standalone game, Army-Navy, and then we get into bowl season. That starts in 10 days, and there's it's a lot more chaotic now in college football, Pete, because, like, I, I, I'm just, <laughs> I mean, Ryan and I were both – yeah, I mean, Ryan and I were sitting here earlier, like, for one, going into bowl season, whether you just want to watch a game or you're going to bet on it or whatever, like – you got to kind of keep an eye on who is going to play in those games. But it wasn't like a ton of names necessarily sitting out. Now we've got the transfer portal and guys all over the place moving. Like, I'm all for players getting an opportunity, especially if the coach that recruited them leaves, to go somewhere else, expand their careers. I mean, look at everybody that's a finalist for the Heisman. I mean, three of the four, all transfers. You know, we've seen Kyle mm -hmm. McCord leaving Ohio State now. Dylan Gabriel's transferring again. And you kind of go down this list. Are you at the point, like, do you look at this and say this is good for college football with the floodgates open the way that it is? Or do you look at this and say they're going to have to try to temper this somehow because it's getting to be a little too much? I think the pro Nick, I think the problem is this. The time to temper it has already passed. Uh, they could, mm -hmm. I think at any point over the last 10 years, if you put schools in a position and say, hey, you can give your 85 scholarship athletes because you – walk-on should not and would not qualify for this but you can give your 85 scholarship athletes five thousand dollars in some way shape or form you could have nipped all of this in the bud and mm -hmm. we're probably not having the discussions that we're having right now um what what happened was you know you had a leader who just sat there and did nothing and let these teams i mean look you don't need you don't need Charlie Baker as the head of the NCAA. Greg Sankey's the most powerful man in college athletics. I think we found out another you know uh, addition of that this weekend. Now because of what's happened, 
how do you put the genie back in the bottle once the soda's out of the bottle? I mean, I got a soda right here. If I pour it out, okay, <laughs> it's going to be incredibly hard for me to put it back in. Okay, so now that we've allowed all of this, and I guess now we're in the final phase of the COVID athletes, so maybe it's not as dramatic as 1,200 guys on day one of the transfer portal entering it. Um, you know, maybe it calms a little bit in terms of the total number uh, because you won't have as many grad guys mixing in with the transfer portal guys. I think it's terrible for the traditional part of college football. But no matter who's playing on these teams, Nick, look at what happened on Saturday. You had 22 million people at one point watching Alabama versus Georgia. Yep. And it could be me. It could be you guys. We could be wearing the A. We could be wearing the G. We could have, a, you know, the red helmet with the numbers on the side. And you know what? People are going to watch us because it's brands. It's Alabama. It's Georgia. The question ultimately becomes is, programs like Army and Navy. It's a standalone game. It's got amazing TV contract. It's got amazing sponsorship that's involved in it. But who's to who's going to help the Toledos, the Miami of Ohio's, the bottom level of Conference USA, UMass right down the street here? I mean, who's helping those schools survive in, in all of this? They're not getting any big money contracts. They're not playing in a league that's got a big money deal. I can't even tell you SMU getting, you know, not getting chosen over Liberty $10 million at stake just for that berth alone. Liberty gets Conference USA being in that New Year's Six Bowl. That's more money than Conference USA's probably had in the last five years. So just Liberty going undefeated against the worst schedule in the history of college football um, is a $10 million payday for that league. So it means something for them. But ultimately, how are those teams going to survive, unlike the other schools who obviously have plenty of dollars and Charlie Baker, the new president, basically said, hey, yeah, there's a model out there where, you know, the top groups can probably break away and, and pay their guys what, what they want. And, you know, we'll have to see what happens, you know, somewhere down the road here. Yeah, I feel like there's so much good. There's also like a lot of bad. There's a lot of good. I mean, like mm -hmm. if you look at like the transfer portal, Michael Penix and Bo Nix. I mean, if Michael Penix stays at Indiana, Bo Nix stays at Auburn, they probably you know, aren't looked at as pro prospects like they are right now. And Michael Penix, he's playing, uh, obviously, against Texas. They're four-point dogs. I wanted to ask you about that, kind of like sticking with this, the college football playoff. Do you think that they did get it right? Because, I mean, Florida State, it sucks that they lose their starting quarterback. But also, they went 12-0, and non-conference. They beat LSU. They had a road win over Clemson. I get Clemson was a little down this season. But, I mean, 12-0, and ACC champ, and they get left out. Do you think the playoff committee got it right? If we're trying to choose the teams that are playing the best football right now, the answer is obvious, yes. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm not sure you can find – I mean, you want to include Georgia in the conversation? Maybe. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but the, these four teams that are going to be competing are playing the best football in the country right now. If, if the Florida State entry has Jordan Travis and they're at full speed, uh, you know, full strength, maybe we have a different conversation. But the, ultimately this came down to if Georgia wins that game, Florida State's in. Because once Alabama won, and they're like, well, what, my gosh, we've got to take the SEC champion. They've only got one loss. Well, you couldn't take Alabama without taking Texas. So then that that gave them the easy excuse to leave Florida State out because Travis is not going to be part uh, of, the, uh, of the equation. I, I equate it to when Kenyon Martin got hurt for Cincinnati uh, years ago when they yeah. were a number one seed when Bob Huggins was coaching there, and clearly they weren't the same team without him in the NCAA tournament. Whether we want to admit that or not, and look, I love Mike Norvell. Uh, when Mike was at Memphis, had 
awesome conversations with him one-on-one at Media Day. He's an incredibly likable guy, and he's done an amazing job with that football program because I think 90% of Seminole Nation at one point wanted him out. Um, And all he's done is fight through all of that adversity and build them back uh, into a powerhouse uh, in the ACC. But based on their reasoning, without their quarterback, they're not the same team. Um, To the point you made, though, the criteria, winning against LSU on a a neutral, um, you know, beating another SEC team and then winning on the road at Clemson in their league, you you want that to count for something. And then everybody brings up the Ohio State uh, example when they won the whole thing with Cardell Jones. So even though it seems improbable, it's not impossible. And with that defense, Florida State could probably compete uh, a, a little bit, but you know, based on the reasoning that the the committee came up with, I I get it. Is it great? No, but you know, mm-hmm. did they get the best four teams playing right now? Probably. Well, luckily, we'll have twelve teams next year, so teams thirteen and fourteen we can argue about as opposed to teams five and six, Pete. So that would be good. Talking to Pete Metters, Bet MGM tonight. Got about ninety seconds left or so here. Want to at least jump into the Ravens real quick with you? Seven point favorites against the Rams coming up this weekend. But even just besides this game, when you look at this Ravens team, obviously Lamar Jackson healthy in December is key. How would you compare them to some of the other Ravens teams, given the fact that now new offensive coordinator and some new weapons for Lamar Jackson to finally throw to? Because I mean, they got a chance to get the number one seed in the AFC. Nick, it's the best offensive group they've had in a while, skill set wise. Um, doesn't matter whether it's running. Um, as I said, the day they they signed him, you know, as soon as the draft was over, Keaton Mitchell's turning into an explosive player for them. He's been a nice addition here later on in the campaign. But you look at the wide receivers, even as deep as Nelson Aguilar making big plays uh, for them. Isaiah likely filled in very admirably in the first game for Mark Andrews with four big catches uh, for them. It's the best skill players Lamar's ever had around him. The ultimate question is going to be, can the offensive line stay healthy? If they can maintain some modicum of health, um, they've got a great chance here because I think the defense is elite. I think that defensive group right now, the guys in the secondary have played far better even without Marlon Humphrey than you could have ever imagined uh, right now. Jadavion Clowney looks like a, a, a reborn man. Kyle Van Noy, have come, both those guys have come in and been fantastic. I think the defense is fantastic. So, Yes, it's the best group Lamar's had to work with. Yes, they can get the top seed. But, man, after this Rams game, those last four games are humdingers uh, for the Ravens. But the bye week came at a perfect time for them. They were beaten up a little bit. They needed the rest, and they got it. And I think they're going to be rested and rejuvenated and ready to go here uh, the rest of the way. Yeah, I like them against the Rams, even though the Rams are playing really well. I think that's a, that's a, that's a Ravens game at home. It's perfect for them. Uh, Pete Methurst. Navy play-by-play, Nats Radio Network, Ravens Radio Network, even Rosecroft Raceway. This guy calls the ponies, umpires, softball. You're still umpiring, right? You're still doing the umpiring? Still umpiring. In fact, I start refereeing basketball for the 36th season coming up on Monday night. That is, I mean, it is literally, this man never sleeps. He's always got things that he's doing. Good to see you again, man. Always good to see you guys. Appreciate it. There Thanks he so goes, much. Pete Medhurst. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, as long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy, I, I really. That's and right. That was the caveat, just like two on the Dolphins, which I'm hoping now we've gotten all of the bad luck for quarterbacks out of the way in the NFL. We, yeah, we got man. enough quarterback injuries. Yeah, I mean, we get injuries every season, but man, yeah. the quarterback position this year it's been wild. I don't remember a year ever like this. 
So many quarterback injuries. I don't think we've ever had a year like this. No. It, it's, Especially it's the way as, we protect him now. It's Right. It's as bad as it's ever been, and backup quarterback's just going to continue to make more money because this is the example of why you got to have that backup. It's bet MGM tonight. The winning trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashu. All three will be right back on Bet MGM Tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. Live from BetQL. Set up with the headphones from Sunday morning, and I just, I look at it and I just like shudder. It's like, Ugh, I gotta go back to this again. So, anyway, so I'm upstairs in front of the Christmas tree watching the game. I'm sure everybody was watching Eagles Niners yesterday. Debo scores on the run. They're up two touchdowns. And I'm thinking this has a chance to be like a 100 out of 100 possible result for getting Dak MVP home. Because at that moment, Purdy's numbers were incredibly pedestrian and they were already up two touchdowns and the Eagles looked completely lifeless in the game. I was not really worried about Hurts or like a comeback or anything. I believe this was before the altercation on the sideline with Dre Greenlaw and the Eagles security guy. But like it's, it's you know, they're up two, you know, you know, Dom, Dom you know, you know, the assistant to everybody, whatever his title is. So anyway, he's it's two touchdowns and Purdy's like numbers really aren't that good. And I'm like, this has a chance. Like, I need them to win. That was the most important thing. Looks like they're going to win. They're they're clearly the better team in that game. And uh, and Purdy's numbers aren't great. And I go, we're going to be like this. Dak might be the sole favorite. Like, this is going to be unbelievable. And then Purdy's next two touchdown passes are just I'm like screaming at the Eagles defense, like, please, somebody tackle him. So Debo catches this pass like one yard past the line of scrimmage, turns and sprints like Usain Bolt in a straight line for a touchdown. Obviously, that like really, really, really helps Purdy's stats. And then Juwan Jennings on the screen to the bottom of the screen on the left side. And like he breaks all these tackles. And, and especially on this one, I'm just like, just somebody tackle him at the one like, you know whatever elijah mitchell will come in and score a one yard touch. Like it doesn't matter like mccaffrey could score it's irrelevant and uh just not this just not this and because of the honestly whether you, i mean whether you agree with this or not because of those two long touchdowns purdy stats look insane from the game from yesterday look completely ridiculous and they win by a lot and as a result he is right next to deck and this is going to get really interesting because <laughs> because uh, we're, we're here like we're at kind of like judgment week to a certain extent where the Cowboys and Eagles are playing each other. This is like the sort of conclusion of like a month long handicap that we've had of this market. And we're here and we've kind of gotten everything that we want, to be honest. But reading a lot of the con watching the games yesterday, obviously seeing the market. Uh, reading a lot of the content that was produced today. A lot of major media entities had somebody write about NFL Most Valuable Player. So I'll, I'll, like, actually, some of the better writers wrote, wrote content for today. And reading it all, you it's it's the we there's other conclusions to draw, but one of the main conclusions is this is very open, and there are a lot of players who could potentially win. Some are more likely than others. Uh, and two of the players who were mentioned are Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. And Purdy's great game yesterday is, has, has made this even more interesting, I think, than it was before. But I'm telling you, I was sitting there and it was they were up two touchdowns and I just go, like, if he finishes with like 180 and one or something like that, I'm just like, it's this is dreamland. I mean, this is the best possible situation. Dak might be two to one, everybody else behind him, he, like maybe he beats Hurts and he just wins. And now it gets a lot more cloudy. So it was, I feel like I was so close to the best possible game. Still got a great result. Still got great market movement, but things are going to get really, really interesting down the stretch here.
if I were to tell you this story and not tell you where it happened or who yeah. it involved, and I gave you one guess, I feel like more often than not, you're going to take Philadelphia, right? Like of all the yeah. places this could have possibly occurred, you probably would have picked Philadelphia. Maybe you would have like said, oh, Malice of the Palace. Maybe you would have had no, 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 no. You probably would have gone with Philadelphia, especially with a game of, of this significance going up against the Niners in terms of tiebreakers for the one seed, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you can understand why the emotions were incredibly high and why Eagles fans were so excited even though their team was trailing that suddenly they get to see their man, big Dom go out there and show them. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL network presented by BetMGM. The Mavs are up 115 to 78 right now. Luka Doncic had a triple double at halftime. There's That's nine, good. nine 55 to go in this game. Luka's done for the night. 40 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists in just 32 minutes. MVP. Yeah. I mean, listen, at 5 to 1, it won't be 5 to 1 tomorrow. It's already no. going to it's already going to drop. Yeah. That's all it takes. It just takes a performance like that for things to change. He's going to win a couple, I think. Yeah. Uh, eventually I, here. When he was a rookie, I said he'd win one by 25. He's close to 25, so he needs to do that so I can come through with that promise. But, yeah. you know, the the Mavs just have to live up to I don't even say live up to expect. I mean, I feel like there's not a lot of expectations on the Mavs. Meanwhile, the Clippers getting yeah, it's not not a, not a good start at, uh, against Denver. Seventeen a, to six. Not a great start. I hate the NBA so much. Sometimes. <laughs> Thank God we got some football tomorrow, even if it is who plays again. It's the Patriots. Uh, Iowa football and uh, the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. I keep forgetting the game even takes place. That's how excited I am. For I know. It, but, I know. Man. Um. Yeah, Clippers will be fine. It's just like, I think for Luka to win an MVP, I would say Dallas most likely has to be a top four seed, right? Mm-hmm. Even really three, but I think if he... I think it could happen. I was a believer in Dallas coming into the season, though. I like Kyrie. I, like I was just Luka. always... Con I, I mean, the problem was how they fell off at the end of last year. I mean, you add Kyrie Irving and the team gets worse. Right. Now they've had an offseason to work together. They certainly had a great start to this year. There's they're eleven well, they're gonna be twelve and eight after this win. They're 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 beating Utah. It's one fifteen to seventy eight. They're winning this game. But, you know, they're gonna have to kind of climb but I mean, here's the thing. This early in the season in the NBA, there's a lot of teams that get off to hot starts. We watched that for years with the Jazz. Sometimes it was when they were an actual playoff team, and then you know, then there were times where they were rebuilding. And wait, why are they one of the best teams in the Western Conference? Yeah, it was last uh, year. So yeah, so like th th this early on, you try not to judge teams too much, but you do at least you don't want to dig yourself a hole right now. And the Mavs are sitting there in the sixth spot. They'll be again twelve and eight. They're not. In, they're not in a position here where I go, uh oh, like it, they they may be sitting there falling under five hundred soon. They're not the Warriors. Golden State's nine and eleven, and it just feels like that may, they may not even be a playing team this year. Which is, I mean, it's not really that hard for me to believe. I didn't, I didn't buy into the Warriors this season just because they're old. I mean, yeah. like I didn't like the Chris Paul pickup. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be. Shocked they've they've they had a lot of injuries and the Draymond suspension and all that, but like they're they're not like none of those guys are in their primes anymore, except for maybe you could argue Steph. He's still putting up MVP numbers. Yeah, that's what's so good about the NBA right now is like you have these vet teams, but like we don't know uh, how good the Lakers are going to be and how good the Clippers and these teams are going to be down the stretch because right. you got these up-and-coming young teams, man, like uh, the Thunder and the Pelicans, who I like a lot. And so the league's changing. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, 
I don't really know what to do about the MVP market and stuff right now, though, uh, just because there's so much basketball to be yeah. played. I usually don't even get into it until Christmas. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked, though, if Luka did get some love after after what he's doing here tonight. Yeah, tonight. And then Anthony Edwards. The Timberwolves have the best record in the NBA. They won tonight 16-4. and four. Anthony Edwards still 30-1 to one to win MVP. Four. That's kind of hard to believe, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have talent. They've just been able to finally put it together. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah. So we were talking earlier about backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and you kind of feel like there are certain teams that just – I mean, the Jets are the, the poster child of not knowing where to go with a backup. Aaron Rodgers out. But Josh Dobbs looks like he's going to start for the Vikings again coming out of their bye. Kevin O'Connell was considering at least going in a different direction, like maybe a Nick Mullins, Jaron say, Hall. What, yeah, what was the alternative, though, you know? It's not anything great, but, I mean, when you have six turnovers in two games, I understand the magic was there and it was fun the first couple of weeks with Joshua Dobbs and getting out there and not really having a chance to even know the offense and leading him to a win the first game. and all. Great story. But he did the same thing in Arizona. So right. I was laughing. Everybody was like, man, yeah. the Jets really effed up. They could have had Dobbs for a six-round pick. And I'm like, yeah, they could have. But also, small sample size, Dobbs is a really good backup quarterback. And yep. he could be a serviceable starter. But then when there's tape on him, you know, when there's more film on these guys and you have more time to prepare, you see what they could do, what they can't do. And, like, there's a reason why Josh Dobbs um, is a rocket scientist or whatever yes. the hell he is, an astronaut, <laughs> you know, because... He's not a starting NFL quarterback. Right. It was a great story. He's a hell of a backup. He could run the scout team. He could prepare teams, uh, you know, do everything a backup could do. And he could win you some games if need be. But you don't want him starting more than, like, three games. You know no. what I mean? So I I can't do it with Minnesota. I'm not saying I'll never bet him again this season. But if I was going to pick a team in the NFC North other than the Lions to make some moves right oh, now, it would it be, be probably Green Bay. Of course, it's yeah. going to be Green Bay. Yeah, I feel a little <laughs> bit better about Green Bay on the offensive side of the ball. Both defenses, I mean, I feel better about Minnesota. I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah, I feel a little bit better about Minnesota's defense uh, than Green Bay's. But, like, Green Bay right now is actually, I mean, hell, they scored on the first couple drives against the Chiefs, put the pressure on. So I would trust them more than I would Minnesota moving forward. And Dobbs has come back down to earth, which isn't a bad thing. Um you know, he's a good yeah. backup. Yeah. And, and listen, like when you when you talk about a backup being somebody that can go out and start a couple of games for you, that's what a lot of backups are. And then teams start to figure them out if they're new in that offense right. or there's just there's more film on them with that team that year and it's just not so easy anymore. That's just kind of generally how it goes. It's I mean, it's interesting though, because like the Vikings and Packers both sitting at six and six right now. Yeah. Both very winnable games. Obviously, even more, I would argue the Packers. They're six and a half point favorites at the Giants. Although Tommy DeVito, you never know. The story may continue. That would be the ultimate letdown. Losing they, to Tommy DeVito as oh, a six yeah. and a half point favorite when you're in the hunt right now for the playoffs. What's playing a bigger, your best what, football? You just beat the Chiefs, the defending champs, then you turn around and lose to Tommy DeVito. Is that what's a worse loss? Vikings losing to the Raiders or Packers losing to the Giants? I'm gonna go Packers losing I to the Giants, too. dude. Yeah. I kind of like Aiden O'Connell. I mean, again, like he's a backup for a reason. Mm -hmm. He's not gonna be Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, but he could. With those type of skill position players, Devontae Adams, uh, if they ever use Hunter Renfro, mm -hmm. he could be serviceable. He could make the throw. So, yeah, I'd say Packers losing to the Giants. Because for the Giants, the goal should be lose every game the rest of the way. Let's be honest. Get your franchise quarterback. It's not Daniel Jones. It's sure as hell not Tommy DeVito. It's not uh, Tyrod Taylor. It's not any of these dudes. So right. go get yourself a Caleb Williams, Drake May, J.J. McCarthy, whatever your flavor is, wherever you're picking. Gonna be but you're tough not going right to do that though. winning games. It's the Bears and it's the Patriots. See, I think the Bears are beating the Vikings. Or, yeah, the Bears are going to win this week outright. Or, I'm sorry, Bears are going to beat the Lions, Lions. outright. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
I don't know about what the Vikings do. Well, I mean, year. for them, it doesn't matter, though. They can, I mean, as long as the Panthers keep losing, remember, that's the Panthers pick at one. No, but the Panthers don't have the picket one anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I mean. So yeah. it doesn't matter what the Bears. I yeah, gotcha. so the Bears yeah. are in a great spot. They can keep winning and still have the number one overall pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why the Panthers, like, oh, God. I get you liked Bryce. Also, Minnesota just cut this to two. It's uh, Sorry, if anybody out there is sweating golden gopher basketball with me, <laughs> I didn't get this out, plus two and a half. We were just down 15, and now we're down two. What a run. 13 minutes to go. Don't let me down, damn it. Do this, Gophers. This is what makes or breaks my night, unfortunately. Is it really? I, well, I don't feel great about the Clippers right now. Uh, I know it's the first quarter, but they're just getting run out of the gym. I thought yeah. maybe Jamal Murray. I thought it was one or the other. Murray would go or Gordon wouldn't. They both went. So now I don't feel as good about the Clippers. Yeah, I. Uh, but really quick going back, man. NFC North. Oof. Yeah, Packers for me. Yeah, Packers the only other one you have confidence do you in. Think, do you trust the Lions like to win a playoff game this year, or is that next year? I I feel like they still need to do more defensively. Like in the offseason, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like there needs to still be some additions. That, like, okay, we could certainly argue that they improved this year, right? Of course. Sam Laporte is looking better. He's really continues to be more and more part of that offense. They have a ton of weapons there. you got a potent backfield in Detroit. I like the young guys. I mean, they got Jamison Williams going now, mm-hmm. too, man. I mean, that end around. I mean, they've got a lot of weapons. The problem is... They've allowed 30 points a game over the last four weeks, and they've blown leads, including that 21 nothing lead over the Saints. That's really concerning for the Lions. I'm just trying to like make the case for anybody to give San Francisco a run for their money. Nobody. Other than other than you know Dallas and Philly, like who's that other team in the NFC that could be the sleeper? It's, I don't think it's any of those teams in no. the North. Maybe Green Bay. Who knows? Um, definitely not the Saints in the South. I liked Atlanta coming into the year, and now they're the favorites to win the division. But I hate that team. I, I don't like the quarterback. I don't. The De- Desmond Ritter thing makes it completely worthless. To Arthur me. Smith drives me up a wall, like with his play calling and his personnel usage. I mean, finally they're using Bijan, but he saw it again last week. I believe it was like a big third and two carry, and all of a sudden here's Patterson, Cordell yep. Pat- Patterson out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I don't. know. The only team that really gives the Forty Nine like, that gives the Forty ers competition in the playoffs, NFC title game, let's say, would be the Eagles again. They get back there again, and it's hard to beat. I mean, the Eagles maybe figure that out. You get a lot more on film. You go back and look at that game, and it's at least a close game, right? They they just look shocked, overworked, and completely caught off guard with how good, like, oh, wow, now we see them in person. They're really good. The 49ers yeah. are really good. Like, that's kind of the – that's just what they looked like, and then there was the, oh, we can't make a comeback in this. We're used to coming back in games. We're always in it. I guess we're not in this. Good God. Michael Porter Jr. has hit a three. No, okay. 31-17 still. But But you know what I mean? Like, the Eagles, you know how it is. Like, it's hard to beat a team more than once in an NFL season, especially somebody that's still as good as the Eagles. But the Eagles defensively starting to get a little bit of a liability there now. 49ers, you just feel like there's no real holes, even with injuries defense. I mean, they're missing a pro. The the 49ers are missing a Pro Bowl safety, and you feel like they're not missing a beat. Right, right, man. And I mean... And that's the only issue I really have with the team is their secondary. But if they get out and they build leads early in these games yep. and they're able to run the ball with Christian McCaffrey in the second half, they have a pass rush. You have Young and Bosa. You have Fred Warner patrolling the middle of the field. And on the opposite side for Philadelphia, that's where you could attack them, the middle of the field and um, in the slot. And, and that's why, who knows, it'll be interesting to see what Dallas is able to do against Philly because they didn't really mm-hmm. replace Gardner-Johnson. And CeeDee Lamb right now is playing like a legit yes. number one yes. wide receiver, offensive player of the year type player. He's not going to win that award because Tyreek Hill is alive on this planet. 
doing things that like nobody should be able to do, right? Threatening putting up two thousand receiving yards, but uh, yeah, I mean, like all these teams, and that's the good thing, um, or that's what makes it competitive and fun this season is all these teams. There's no perfect team this year. San Francisco is no. the closest thing, and you can hit them with explosive passes. They don't have the best offensive line other than Trent Williams. Mm-hmm. The right side is a problem for them. Yeah, the interior, and yeah. uh, you know when you go against teams like Dallas, but but yeah, but we haven't seen Dallas be able to take advantage yet. Good thing for the NFC though, in like these quarterback injuries, most of those injuries are in the AFC. Rodgers, mm-hmm. Burrow, you know what I mean? Like Philly has Hurts, Dallas has Dak, San Francisco has Purdy. Other than Kirk Cousins being out for Minnesota, all those teams at least have their quarterback. Because that might be what this c- comes down to this season is which team is actually still alive at the end of the year, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, Trevor Lawrence out, I, he's only got a high ankle sprain, but still, like, that's a crappy injury. For high the next ankle month. sprains can linger. Yeah. That, they, I mean, he could, I mean, really, it, it, one, that's why it's opened the door. I mean, we knew the AFC was going to be deep, but it does feel even more. It's competitive, but also watered down a bit now with the quarterback injuries that are there. But it's opened up the door for the Dolphins. Now for the Ravens. Like, both those teams are, knock on wood at least for now, not in the category of having an injured starting quarterback, which we've seen over the last few years. And that's always been the caveat, right? The Dolphins could be great if Tua's healthy. The Ravens could get to the Super Bowl if Lamar Jackson stays healthy. And they're not there this year. Yeah. Then the Chiefs were sitting here just looking at wide receivers going, who the hell? Somebody's got to step up in that room. Yeah, who's the guy? Even even Travis Kelsey, man. Like, Kelsey's been up and down this year. He's, uh, he's like, Kelsey's washed, but not, like, completely washed where yeah. he can't play anymore. Kelsey still probably has another year or two in him because of his relationship with Mahomes. And mm-hmm. Mahomes always knows where he's at on that field. Teams are always going to give up the middle of the field yeah. to Kelsey. So he's going to continue to rack up numbers, receptions, and receiving yards, but he's lost a step. And that's not a sure. knock on Travis Kelsey. He's it, in his mid-30s it now, happens. dude. It yeah. happens. Yeah. And so somebody else is going to have to step up, or the Chiefs don't win a Super Bowl this year. If they win a Super Bowl this year, it's it's over with, the discussion. I know Brady still has the rings, but like Mahomes is the greatest quarterback ever. If you win a Super Bowl with MVS, Sky Moore, these jabronis. <laughs> Justin Watson. You know, like you're the best ever. And you should be the MVP. That's why... If you believe that the Chiefs can run the table here, because I think that's probably what it would take, though, for Mahomes to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. They'd probably have to run the table and get the one seed. So plus 650 is a good price on Mahomes. And if he does it this year, oh, you got to give him that award. Again, 20- there, there can't be voter fatigue or anything like that if he's got, like you said, Justin Watson, and he's taking him to the one seed. 29th in strength of schedule. So, I mean, you've got the Bengals and the Bills coming up, and we know that they're an up-and-down every single week, especially with no Bur- Joe Burrow out there. Big game for the Bills this weekend. That's yep. why I had to... I bet the Bills, they're down to one and a half right now. I hate this matchup because these are two teams that I would have loved to bet this week, right? You have the Bills, desperation spot at 500, in what we thought was going to be a loaded AFC, but because of injuries, it's not as loaded, but still, I mean, they got to win some games here or they're going to be out of the playoffs, even though they had, what, the third or fourth best odds to win the whole damn thing. And this is almost a must-win game off a bye, extra time to prepare, but I don't feel as good because it's at Arrowhead. Chiefs off an embarrassing loss to the Packers where they were touchdown favorites, lose outright at Arrowhead. You know what I mean? So it's Andy Reid and Mahomes off a loss, or it's the Bills' desperation spot with extra time to prepare pick your poison, and I would love to bet both teams, but they play each other. 
That's what sucks. It's like in March Madness. Yeah. I always have like, oh, I want St. Mary's and oh, I want uh, VCU. And then they play each other in the first round. Well, they do that Committee's on purpose. Committee's like, screw you guys. Yep, I know. They, I they know do they, that on purpose. I know. But that's what I'm seeing like this weekend. I bet the Bills, but won't shock me if I'm on the wrong side. You know, we have on the other side of things, too. I mean, it looks like unless the Panthers suddenly win something, the Bears are going to have that pick, get the number one overall pick. But there's a lot of teams that are looking to go the other direction and not they're not thinking playoffs. Washington, You know, Washington has the fifth toughest schedule. You know what they have left? 49ers, Cowboys, Rams, and then Jets. They'll, they'll end up winning like two don't, of those. Don't you even joke. They're in the four spot right now. I want them to keep climbing up. Oh, if they're in the number two, if they have the number two pick in the draft, and we can actually maybe talk about Drake May, I'd be okay with that. Me too. I would be fine, though. They need an offensive line. That's Me the too. issue. Replace. Uh, they need a lot. They imagine, need a lot. Imagine replacing a Carolina quarterback with another Carolina quarterback. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pet MGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. Who's boss? Yeah, you don't mess with Philadelphia. Well, yes, we mess with Philadelphia because, look, I get that, like, I've tried to say nice things about Philadelphia fans. Like, they can be endearing sometimes, and they are consistent, Mm. and we know who they are and all of that stuff, but... You cannot encourage this type of behavior. You cannot give Big Dom a standing ovation when he's being escorted out of the building. You can't do that. You need to be classier than this. And I know who I am telling this to, but you still have to be mindful of the (laughs) fact that one guy who should not have touched a player. You can't do that. They are. if Trevor Williams doesn't play, that's a completely different offense for me. Now it's it's Purdy. He's not running boots. He's not running waggles. They're not getting cute outside zones, not destroying people. They get a little, a lot more predictable, um, especially with the right side of the offensive line not being as good as it was some other year. I think they go as Trent Williams goes. Trent Williams is healthy in the playoffs. They're going to be real tough to stop. Trent Williams doesn't play in a playoff game. I'm going to, and they're still favored. I'm taking the other team. Um, Yeah, but look, I mean, what they did at the trade deadline, it's a big deal. Uh, This was a big game for them. You know, this this game for them was kind of like the Eagles game at Arrowhead. And you thought that, um, like, I, I thought San Francisco would win the game. I wasn't sure about them covering but certainly I thought everything set up for them from a, a, a rest standpoint, from a health standpoint, from a motivation standpoint, from an Eagles are just kind of due to lose to a good team standpoint. Like that's probably going to happen here at some point. Um, yeah, it looks like Hertz is okay. You know, that's obviously huge. The Eagles have some other injury situations that perhaps get a little better. Um, maybe they add a Hertz. I don't know how much he has left, but like a Goddard is going to be you know, a problem um, from a health standpoint. I look, the Eagles are still a really good operation, you know, and and if the Eagles beat the Cowboys, you know, then the Eagles are are right back there in the driver's seat with a chance to hold on to that one seed. Um, and, and when the Eagles face the most teams, they're fine. If you face that offense on a day when everything's in sync, uh, then, yeah, some of the Eagles' issues defending the pass can become real big issues. Some of the Eagles' issues tackling in the second and third level become exacerbated when you when you face one of these elite yak teams, you know, like Miami. Like, there are certain teams that I just think would be a real bad matchup for them, and San Francisco is one of them. 
College football is the second most popular sport in America. I'm always amazed when national radio shows choose to talk baseball in the regular season over anything college football. Millions more people watch college football than baseball and hoops. And yet, we get the playoff committee today. They have a Power 5 conference model, and they've assigned four playoff spots. So make that just in itself make sense. This was the most fascinating one of the entire run of the four-team playoff, which is going away after this year and going to expand to 12, because they had five to six legitimate teams that had a case to make the playoff. And the playoff was pretty wrapped up for Michigan and Washington. I will die at my grave telling you Michigan should have been the two seed and Washington should have been the one seed. Resumes aren't close. Like what's, anyways, that's neither here nor there. What Washington did was super impressive on Friday. The third team was Texas, which I thought was a huge indicator of what they were going to do at four. And at four, they chose 12-1 and one Alabama, who just beat Georgia yesterday, who had lost to Texas in a head-to-head. Now, back to BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Nuggets over the Clippers now. 10.46 to go in the second. It's been such a good night, and then I've got this crap going on. My my Golden Gophers just came back and took a uh, six-point lead here over Nebraska. There you go. And both of my NBA bets. I got the under, I got the over home, so perfect night. And then this nonsense. But I get I, I I do always say though, you want to be down fifteen at the half in the National Basketball Association. (laughs) It is true. So by the time I get home. Clippers will probably, probably be up uh, one, only to end up losing by six, though. Right. Yeah. yeah listen. Just I got big plans for tonight when I get home. Big plans? What are your plans tonight? Turn this game on in bed and go right to bed. Yeah. I'm also starving right now. I know. I'm, I'm so just... hungry. I ate right before the show. There's nothing I could do. It's it, it, it doesn't matter. Like, you do this and, like, you just, you know, we burn a lot of energy. The when worst we're doing this part four hours. is 11 p.m. There's not a whole lot of healthy options. No, no, there's not. And you I gotta have, have to go something at home. Grocery shopping dude. tomorrow. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have something at home. So it might be a uh, we might be crossing the border Uh-oh. hitting up Taco Bell tonight. I was gonna say, is it Taco Bell or Wendy's for you? Probably neither though. I'll you, make the right decision. I'll go home. Maybe have a little celery, a bowl of cereal. A little celery and a bowl of cereal. <laughs> you gonna put them together? A little celery in my cereal. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I, I want to go home and not eat anything at all, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Then, then you got a, a rumbly in your tumbly. I can't fall asleep when I'm hungry. It's an issue. Yeah, it's hard. It makes it uh, it makes it complicated. Some people do, some people don't. It's uh, I can't do it. Though. It all depends on your dietary needs, Ryan. That's how it works. It. Hey, so there's a lottery ticket. Somebody won forty-four million dollars, but guess what? Nobody's claimed it yet, and it's going to expire soon. Can you imagine? Finding out that you had a $44 million lottery ticket and you didn't check it and it expired and it's worth nothing because that sounds awful. Yeah, that sounds brutal, man. No, I can't imagine doing that. I couldn't imagine doing that because I would be um, right there picking it up unless I get kidnapped. Right. Like Mel Gibson's son in uh, Ransom or something like that. It was drawn on June 14th. June 14th. Where's this at? Uh, Florida. Central Florida. Makes sense. Maybe we should make a quick trip. Find it? Go on a search for it somehow? Yeah. Yeah. I Do you play the lotto? I haven't done it in years. I don't play the lotto. I have a buddy, his family, they actually won the lotto. Really? 
Yeah, but then they got taxed like uh, oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah, you get you realize you real quick get all that money. How so. much of that money you don't get? What did they actually win? What was it before taxes? I don't remember what it what it, it wasn't like life changing money, but it was good money. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like the mega millions or anything right, like right, that. Right, and right. they were pretty like well off. His father, his dad was like a fire chief. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. yeah, they always had money. I was like, because like we would go. Um, like, you know, on, like, half days or whatever, we would go and, like, eat lunch. And he'd be like, yeah, I got everybody's lunch. We'd be, like, 17 years old. I'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Selling drugs on the side here? He'd be like, no, my family, we won the lotto. And I was like, BS. Went over and, yeah, talked to his parents about it. And they're like, well, we did, but, you know, taxes. Well, I mean, it is true, I don't remember what though. the total was that they won, but I just was don't it have in the luck millions? like that. Was it in the no, millions? No, it wasn't in the millions. Okay, no, okay. No, I don't have luck like that. Like, I'm happy enough when I win some poker I'm happy enough when I go to the roulette table and I leave with any money. Like, yeah, you know, and uh, I, I feel like the roulette table's mean to you. Yeah, it's mean to everybody. You know, yeah, that's true. But I, there's always stories of you. I'm listening to Billy Walters' <laughs> book right now, The Gambler, and he was talking about, um, like, he wanted to try to figure out how to beat the table because, I mean, like sports betting, right? I mean, unless you're betting everything, like you know, plus EV, um, you're always paying vig usually. Yeah, you know, minus yep. one ten prices and. In roulette, though, the odds are really stacked against you, obviously. And so he was telling the story about he bought this roulette table to try to figure out how to beat the game, and they took it apart, like to try to figure out, like, really? You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he goes to Vegas and he plays like in this personal game, wins millions of dollars, gets called out about it. It's a good book. I recommend it, obviously. But there's but, nothing they could do, though, right? No, they there was. I mean, there was nothing that they could do. Yeah. He won it fair and square. I was say he. Just, he just figured, figured it out. out certain tables. There was like a certain thing. I do you even remember I'm, what it was? I'm not smart enough. No. Yeah. No. I'd be curious to know even what it was, like how you figure something like that out, which just feels so random. And the problem is though, like playing roulette. Even if you did have, even if you figured something out, I don't. You're not going to hit 100 percent of the time. Meaning, right. like you could still lose a lot of money before you win. And I think that's kind of how it went down for him. But he ended up winning a couple million in like a private game at a private table. I was like, damn. Just imagine being able to buy a table. Right. We did this in college. It's pretty well documented, actually. Now, um, have you ever seen the movie Boiler Room? Yes. We didn't really realize how illegal this was at the time back in the early <laughs> 2000s, mid-2000s. And we did this. Wait, can we stop right there? In my house at Western Illinois. We didn't really realize how illegal. Did you guys think it was? A little illegal? Yeah. yeah. Like, like the, like the like company surveys. The Somewhat illegal? Yeah, like getting caught a with little, like a bag of pot or something. Not at all. Yeah. Very. Very illegal. Yeah, very illegal. We would have uh, casino night, though, on... Tuesdays, of course. Wednesdays, why not be a Fridays, offender? and <laughs> Sunday nights. Anytime in a while. 30 minutes after the conclusion of Sunday night football. And I had a buddy that had a lot of money. We had a roulette table. We had it all, man. And uh, we would just have all these random people coming over, and we'd have games. And then we got caught, and some people got in some more trouble. I didn't get in huge trouble or anything like that. Just but a slap on the wrist for you? a slap on the wrist That's for me. That's good. Well, I was usually just playing in the you games. You didn't play with the Florida State guys, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I never, so I, I ha- never, I never thought to take the table apart though and try to figure out all the nuts and bolts. Now I feel like you need to go back and figure out what it was. And it was like a certain way that the ball bounced or something. Okay, on uh, like a specific brand of table. I, it had to be a certain table though. So, so we seeked ha- that table out, and oh, that yeah. was what his target was. Yeah, yeah. Great does, book. Th- does he just sit there and just keep bouncing the ball around over and over again? Like, what do you even like? I just I don't know. There's so much there that so many more questions I have for that guy's the Michael Jordan of gambling. He is won a lot of money, also lost a lot of money. Well, everybody does. 
Nobody hits 100% of the time. I think we know that. Kind of like the Clippers right now. There you go, though. Now, here they come. Within eight. No, no, they're going to win this game, man. You can't lose to the same team three times in a row. Uh, well, you can. It happens all the time. But I, I'd like to no, be can't. on your side with this. The Clippers can't, though. we got to show up tonight and show out. Here they come. Look well, at it's James about to Harden. be 42-36. Harden going to the rim. One. Yeah. Here he comes, averaging 20 points in his last three games. He's got four points now. Looking How about like that? He's playing shape. Well, sort of. Kind of. Kind of, maybe. You know, ooh, geez, he just elbowed a man in the face and got away with it, so that's good. Uh, Paul George, yeah, Paul George <laughs> has five. How is that five. not an offensive foul? Because it's the NBA. I love the way they just officiate this space. game. Like, you just go to the cup, throw a little jab. It's incidental. Harden's always been the king of that, though. He He's he's very flaily when he goes to the rim, you know? Six assists, one turnover. How about that ratio? There you go. Not bad. That's Michael cool. Porter Jr.'s got 11 points already. He's Jokic good. has eight, four rebounds, four assists. God, he just... Nikola Jokic, it's just like he he just stacks up the numbers so quickly. Yeah, he does. You just look away, and then you get back. The first quarter's over, and he's got like 10 points, 7 boards, and 6 assists. You're like, it was the first quarter. Going to need 13 rebounds from him tonight, though, because I did tell Karpik, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a good look with Kobe White, but he finished with only three threes. Only three. Your guy, Kobe White. Bulls win, though. Bulls win. Big win for the Bulls. Minnesota up six with six minutes to go. Hopefully they don't blow this. And it's been a nice night. Are your Bulls going to end up trading anybody? Oh, they should. Here Juan is. Soto. Yankees. Juan Soto to the Yankees. Breaking news. Oh. It's finally happened. I almost swore. They got Trent Grisham, too. The Yanks did from the Padres. Former Brewer. Earlier today, he wasn't supposed to be part of that deal. Or was he? Well, like, I was there so was, confused. Yeah. There, there, you know. there was so much going on, and close and close. I mean, we're, we're better off finally getting it as it happens now, and we can all go run to the social and, and yeah, check and see. You know, I know you guys are looking just as I'm looking. Yep, here we, it is. Alright, so, um, well, that's that's my friend Ariel Epstein, who I, who I do like, but let's get some... Um, Alright, so, John Heyman, baseball columnist, Meal is complete, Soto is a Yankee. That's all he's got. Though. I know. We always joked when he was in D.C. that eventually he was going to go to the Yankees. I just didn't that expect him to sign go this way. Correct. Yes. All right. Also, though, Cubs remain in on Tyler Glass now. Mm-hmm. Trade talks. $25 million's the price tag. Jed, you cheap MF, get the deal done. There's a sports book in Wrigley Field. You've ruined my Ivy. You put the stupid billboards up. Sign Glass now. Trade for Glass now. Give him the money. And give me Otani, damn it. $800 million. I don't care. We have the money. It's a big market. Act like it. We're not the Milwaukee Brewers. No offense. If you are going to pay Craig Council all that money to manage this baseball team and you give him a roster that's worse than last year's baseball team that was managed by David Ross, what the hell are we doing here? Sign Otani. I don't care what it takes. You want my son? Have him. You want my wife? Have her. You want Nick? Take him. There you go. Scott, I'm keeping you. Might need to ride home. Thanks. I appreciate <laughs> that. Cars downstairs. Uh, <laughs> as, as of 6.15 tonight, boys, and I'm sure these will now fluctuate wildly, but as of 6.15 in the East tonight, pre-show, the World Series odds at BetMGM. Atlanta was plus 6.50. The Dodgers at 7-1. to one, The Yanks at 9-1. to one. And to win the American League, Yankees were plus 4.50. Houston at 5. Texas at 5. And now you got Soto. And judge. What is Soto going to get paid? Because he's going to be a free agent after this season. Are they going to pay him? Is the, the Yankees? Question. They might not. And then he right. comes back to this DC. Is, you're, you're that paid, would be amazing. You if just he came paid back. Mr. Judge this past season. Yeah. 
This, That's the this question. They a gave one-off up. runoff. Go get it, and then you know. I mean, I'm already seeing people talk up. about the return for the Nats that they got for Juan Soto from the Padres versus the Yankees and what they gave up for Juan Soto, which makes sense because you have less time their contract. You have one year, so the Yankees aren't going to give up necessarily as much. But man, I mean, the Yankees at least look—they got a lot of bats. But Soto it, and Trent Grisham. Uh, I want to see, I mean, it's prospects, but I want to see the names. Yeah, I saw it somewhere, and I've been trying to find it again. It's been scrolling across the bottom of the screen there, too. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's see uh, as we find this out with everybody else. Joel Sherman, who covers baseball <laughs> for the New York Post, MLB Similar Network tweet. Insider. Yeah, same thing. So just uh, right now, that's what we got. They're mostly just saying prospects. That's what a lot of people are saying. Grisham. Oh, and Craig Kimbrell in agreement with the O's for Orioles one year. Today, yeah, about thirteen million. million. Oh, that was seven hours ago. Yes, I somehow missed that. There's a lot going on. I don't. I'm not good for the O's. I guess I. Good riddance, Craig Kimbrell. Yeah, Phillies were done with him. Juan Soto. Juan is Soto, a New a York Yankee. Yankee. Here come the Yankees again. I mean, I'm though. not shocked. Trent Grisham, not shocked that he gets moved either. Yeah. yeah. Padres though. Can't think- wait to fade the Yankees again. Year three. Think about up. that team. And think about all the money the Padres spent and how bad they were. Dude, they it went in for matter. Josh Hader, yeah. you Darvish, Blake Snell, who won a freaking Cy Young, and you were still trash this year. By the way, I bet them to win the division. It wasn't a good bet. Yeah, and I bet Juan Soto out. to win MVP. That you, didn't happen. You going to bet the Yankees to uh, win the division? Never, yeah, ever, ever. It's the Blue Jays' year because they're getting Otani. You heard it here oh, first. Oh, there you go. Well, maybe we'll find out in a couple of days. Back tomorrow, Thursday Night Football. Bet MGM tonight. Uh.